outfit, but he pins it to his arm. This is the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show on 610 Sports Radio. Call us at 913-576-7610 or tweet us at 610 Sports KC using hashtag AP610. Here's Mike Wicket and Editor-in-Chief at ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. It is a final from Arrowhead. 29-28, the Chargers come in and ruin Eric Berry night. The Chargers come in and ruin Tony Gonzalez night. The Chargers come in and ruin Thursday night. And the Chargers come in and win at Arrowhead at night. 29-28, your final score. The Chiefs lose and now still control their own destiny. But boy, oh boy, the last couple of weeks... Got pretty exciting. We'll take your phone calls. Lines are open. 576-7610. 576-7610. You can text in at 69306 on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride. Hashtag AP610. Ken Swanson here as well. Some dejected souls in this studio right now. Uh, Pete, your thoughts on this one. 29-28. Chargers come back from 14 down in the fourth. This is one of those games that it feels like not even really the playoff loss because I think the playoff loss you could kind of feel for a while. This kind of reminds you, I think, of a few years ago of the Jamal Charles fumble when Denver and Kansas City was going to head to overtime. There was suddenly a fumble and no one really knew what happened. Denver runs it in. It just really feels like that sort of game. Up until this point, really, I would say in the final seconds, it never felt like no matter how bad they were playing, the Chiefs would lose this football game and then you almost wake up. It's like you're sitting on a couch where you have a quick nap, and you you wake up and you and you and you just don't know where you are. That's how that game felt. Ken Swanson, as a lifelong Kansas Cityan, that felt, I, I I felt that loss coming. I really did. There was there was some vibes there as this game was wearing on. I kind of did get the Titans lost vibes, Peter. Actually, that I felt the way that you know the ball control and and just not being able to to control the time of possession and and to extend drives when you needed it the vibes were bad for me and and the, it played out the way the chargers played this perfectly they they kept pat mahomes off the field they held the chiefs to under 300 yards the pacing of this game you you want to figure out how to beat the chiefs that was a very started with the ravens yeah, you, you you get physical. You try to get Mahomes. You try. You, you do the old keep the offense off the field kind of thing. And 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 Kent, you mentioned it. That that game was paced really well. Even though you thought, what are the Chargers doing it with was- several possessions? They were taking forever. I told you with four and a half minutes left as they were driving, they're in really good shape because all they had four and a half minutes. They went down. They scored. It was three fifty. The Chiefs got the ball back. Yep. Timeout. Timeout. I think they used their two timeouts. Mm-hmm. These two timeouts had one in, one yep, in the bank, they had one in the pocket. They got a negative play on that first running down, and then everything was off from there. Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill pass, little hitch route. They called the timeout, and there was the uh, the the false start by by Damian by uh, uh, Demetrius Demetrius Harris. Demetrius Harris. That backed it up, and then Rivers down the field. And props to Phil Rivers, who wasn't great in this game and threw two first half picks. But, boy, did he make some throws down the stretch in very good coverage, too. It's crazy, I think, as well, because the Chiefs had a chance. They had the ball with less than four minutes left. And you had felt, 
I think as a Chiefs fan and someone who follows the Chiefs and covers the Chiefs, you thought they had gotten through that little bit of Andy Reid passiveness toward the end of games. And the Chiefs were fairly passive, I thought, instead of really attacking the Chargers toward the end. Not that they were really having a, a good half, but rather than going and trying to get the win, it felt a little passive, and they gave the Chargers back the ball with a lot of time and a timeout left. Like To me, you go and get the win there, you have Patrick Mahomes. That's why you have Patrick Mahomes now. That's why Alex Smith is no longer here, you know? Like, I... And then, again, I think a point needs to be made, and I am not big in blaming referees, but there were a ton of questionable calls at the end of the game. And if you put that aside again, because you have a lot of time in this game to win this football game, a game is 60 minutes. Don't blame the refs. Don't call us and blame the refs, please. But The refs were horrible the, for a lot of this football game on there, both there sides. There were missed calls against the Chargers as well. Overall, if you play this game on Sunday – it looks nothing like this. My gripe is less with the refs tonight and more with Thursday night football. Like if I wasn't on the radio with you, I would curse about it a little bit, like about how mm-hmm. bad Thursday night football games are compared to Sunday. It wasn't even it didn't even really feel like a true yeah, but I'm not, version I, of these two teams. I can't sit here and say the Chiefs lost because of the league scheduling. The Chiefs lost because they didn't make plays know when they, they nece- have to. I don't know if they necessarily would lose this game on Sunday with. A, well, the Chargers had to do the same thing, and they played after the Chiefs last Sunday. Melvin Gordon might have played on Sunday too. That's a good point, and maybe Eckler plays. Maybe uh, maybe Eckler plays, and maybe so does Spencer Ware Spencer and Cameron. Ware All I'm play. saying is this version of football isn't the the true version of what the NFL usually is. I'm not blaming it. I'm just saying it just wasn't a messy. Game. What was the story of this football game? Five seven six seven six ten. Kent, what was the story of this football game? And we're going to go to your phone calls. Everybody on hold. We're coming to you right away. The Chiefs led for 59 minutes and 56 seconds and didn't really control most of that game. Hmm. That's the truth. Pete, what was the biggest storyline in this game? I tweeted it out. And so if you follow me on Twitter, you know it. I said, right when that last drive was happened, the hypothetical question has been, can the Chiefs defense hold up? If they have to against a good quarterback in the playoffs, we're about to find out, and the answer is no. I think the storyline in this game was, if your name is Williams, you're awesome. (laughs) I mean, you had Mike and Tyrell Williams for 13 catches and 147 yards and two touchdowns. You had Damian and Darrell Williams both go uh, off tonight. That was the key to this one. The other key to me, when Bob Sutton's defense needed to step up and stop a drive, they couldn't. And an elite quarterback drove down the field on them. Everybody was wondering, can this team make the stop, the bend but don't break? Tonight, the answer was no. 576-7798. Right to the phones. Terry and KC, you're first up on 610 Sports Radio. Okay. Uh, tonight, we're not going to talk about Bob Sutton. Let's talk about the uh, D-back coach. We're giving free releases, and we're playing man-to-man. That's the problem with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's Nelson. It's your other corner, Skandrick, on the other side. We're playing man-to-man, and we're not hitting the receivers off the ball. You're giving free releases. A half a second would disrupt everything. That's the problem. Why not? Why, why, we, not, why we keep talking about Bob Sutton? Can we talk about Emmett Thomas, the D-back coach? Can we teach these guys something? That's the real problem. That is the problem with the Kansas City Chiefs in 2018. Terry, thank you for your phone call, man. Guys? 
The secondary coach? The defensive backs are the problem right now. The front seven is not really the problem, at least in this game. From what you can tell, like the best player on defense is Chris Jones, and it isn't even close. And then, D Ford had a hell of a had a hell of a first half of the season. Yeah, and I still think D Ford D Ford is there. It, it seems mm-hmm. like the line and the guys behind him are getting pressure when they need to. And I don't think Justin Jackson was a huge problem today. It was really the wide receivers. The Chargers got a lot of weapons, though, too. And, you know, I think some of those defensive backs were exploited. Early on in, in actually to finish the game, it was big body receivers not being able to be contained by 5'10 corners. And then you get Travis Benjamin getting a couple big plays in the second in that last minute he drive. Burn Fuller. Burn Fuller in the slot. Um just an absolute embarrassment. This this entire th- that entire drive in uh, the whole game just uh, very bad vibes throughout the game because the Chiefs never were the aggressor. They were never in control of that game, even though they were winning. Let's go to you in Kansas City. What's up, you? You're on six ten Sports Radio. Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Yep. Um, well, first of all, we knew the defense wouldn't be able to hold on at some point. We we all knew that eventually was going to happen. Um, but what was up with that conservative offensive final drive? I don't, I didn't get it at all. And it felt like we were just, we, the, the Chargers knew we were going to do that. We knew we were going to do that. And we all knew it wasn't going to work. And it upset me. And I've said over and over again, Andy Reid gets too conservative too soon. And this game, it came to bite us back in the butt. Thanks, guys. Thanks, you. Andy Reid is a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, I don't, I don't think otherwise from that. The truth is, there are weaknesses to it. I don't think he he has many weaknesses as head coach. One of them is clock management. Two of them is playing passive, and three is all you know those two things, especially in big games in the postseason. I think he, his record in the postseason is eleven and thirteen because you get these top tier teams, and the clock management is always a problem, and so is getting passive. Yeah, um, I think the biggest problem with that last drive, with with that whole situation, was the the first play, the run play. I don't really have a problem with the run play on first down. Damian Williams went left, lost three yards. It was a negative play, and that really just burned re- a timeout. That ruined everything. That that really just put them in a bad situation. They throw that little hitch route to to Tyree Kill, then I believe they get he sacked picked up the next five play. yards. Then it was the false start. Then, then it the was sack. the sack. Then it was the punt. Yeah, I mean, too many mistakes. Too many mistakes. Uh, you, you know the penalties. Demetrius Harris. You, you can't trust a guy to to stand still. You know, and uh, that created uh, another f- bad. You can't be behind. You can't be that far behind the six in a situation like that. Let's go to James in Kansas City. What's up, James? Hey, what's going on? Yo, guys? yo. Yeah, the biggest issue we got is that uh, Bob Sutton has no scheme. Uh, everybody knows when we line up. How, what kind of covers we got. Um, I mean, and Andy, bless his heart, but yeah, he did play too conservative tonight. Uh, there was no rhythm. I was hoping that we played a little hurry up because we just dragged. We kind of played to San Diego's pace today. Um, didn't play aggressively as far as really attacking. We played like Alex Smith was playing quarterback tonight. A lot of short four and five yard pass patterns. I just thought we were just off, and hopefully we get this game out of the system. But defensively, I'm sorry. I just can't see us really going to the Super Bowl with Bob Sutton's defense. It's just it's just too 
it's, it's no scheme. I really wish I knew what scheme he was running. And I wish he would kind of take some inference on some of the opponents that he's playing. But we line up those four front, and they were just worn out by the end of the game, getting really no pressure on them like they were early in the game. And we got exposed. James, thank you for your phone call. 576-7610, give us a call. Scott, you're next up. What's up, Scott? You know, I think this is just systemic. I mean, the reality is, is that under Marty Schottenhammer, we had an awesome defense and, and not a great offense. And then also through the Dick Vermeule era, we had a great offense and no defense. And I, I think it's just, I think it's just a systemic problem with ownership. The one thing is that the Chiefs are always lacking glaringly in, in one area. And I'm sorry, but like I like Dan Sorensen, but he shouldn't be covering anyone. He should be on run plays. And I don't. I, and tell me this: Why do they not use Anthony Sherman? You have obvious run plays, and you're down by the goal line. You know, after, after that, that that illegal block in the back, he needs to be lead. He needs to be lead blocker. These guys are not ready to carry the load yet because these are third and fourth backs. So I, I, I don't know. I just I, I think I think the problem lies somewhere in ownership. To be honest with you. Thank you for your phone call. The only thing I'll say is to just straight up say Dan Sorensen should only be used in run plays. Well, if you know he can't cover and the play is a run and Rivers or Breeze or anybody can read him and say, oh, there's a guy, let's run something that's going to direct a receiver, a tight end, a running back at the safety, they're going to call that play. So to your point, yeah, but you can't say, all right, guys, we're bringing Danny on the field. Don't throw the ball because then they're going to do exactly that. But it's a great call. 576-7610. Collins in Jersey. What's up, Colin? Hi, how are you guys doing tonight? Probably really bad considering... What I just witnessed. There's um, a Morales low in this room right now. It's low in my house. It's very true. Um, okay, so the Harris penalty. Why do I, I just want to talk about that for a second? I always feel like Demetrius Harris always gets a penalty in clutch positions where we like you don't need a false start, and he's the one who always gets it. Um, but that's not what I really want to talk about. It's kind of insane how bad the safeties are on this team. I think it's without Eric Barry, you could really see. You know, the 21 to 7 lead just gets shot. It's just gone without Eric Berry on the field. And you can't rely on this defense late game. It's, it's impossible. When the offense struggling and they're not, obviously, you see when three minutes are left in the game and you have to put the defense back on the field, like you can't rely on this defense. And that's a terrible thing. And that I agree with that being affecting the playoffs. Like if there's a time where this defense has to make a play, like are they actually going to do it? Because you had fourth and eight, and then over the middle, he's just, he gets a completion. So, I don't even think Philip Rivers had a great game today. I just think the safeties got exposed, and a lot of Bob Sutton schemes or whatever got exposed. So that's that's what I want to say tonight. Hey, Colin, thank you for your phone call as always. He brings up the safeties, and there are a lot of people on the text line that want to know this question, and this came in on social media a lot too, Pete. Where was Eric Berry in the second half? Well, he was on a snap count. That was the plan all along. He had hit it, obviously, whatever it was in the first half. I don't have the snap numbers in front of me. It seemed like he played well into the second quarter and then at that point was pulled. I don't know if it was toward the end of the second quarter, but he wasn't out for the second half, and that was by design. You would think that each game moving forward, he would play a little bit more as they test this thing. I think they picked tonight because now you get 10 days off until you play the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday Night Football, which now... Oh, boy, oh, boy, is for, that a biggie. For both teams becomes the biggest game of the year. 5-7-6, yeah. seven, six, seven, six, Go ahead, Kent. No, I I mean, yeah, the last thing that the Chiefs wanted was to have to play Seattle in a must-win situation to maintain their lead, um, not only in the division, but now, uh, or not only for the one seed, but now the division. And, I, and that Seattle team, 
I'm sorry, Kev, that Seattle team is going to be fighting for their playoff life too. I mean, they're right. they're right now sitting in the first wild card spot with a with an okay lead. The NFC is different than the AFC. They're eight and five right now. Yeah, this the, everything the Chiefs everything that happened in the Baltimore Ravens game where the Chiefs came back and won didn't matter that much unless they won this game at home against the LA Chargers and they blew it. Let's go to Josh and Bonner Springs. What's up, Josh? You're on six ten Sports Radio. Hey man, uh, real quick, uh, there's a lot of bad that can be pointed out tonight, but I want to point out a little bit of good and then ask a question. Um, Jimmy Williams, man, uh, pass blocking, outstanding. Ball awareness and gap awareness, outstanding. Dude did an amazing job this evening. He's an animal. Um, secondly, with Orlando Skandrick and Steven Nelson getting burned, Multiple times. I know Steven Nelson had the interception. Big. Um, does our number one draft pick next year need to go to a cornerback? Time's yours. We bring in lead draft analyst from ArrowheadPride.com. Sitting to my right, Kent Swanson. Kent? Yeah, corner's a very uh, viable option for them. Uh, it could be pass rush, too. They're going to address the defensive side of the ball. You're probably going to see four top 100 picks on the defensive side of the ball, and maybe even a new defensive coordinator utilizing those guys. I, I, There's no excuses at this point for, for the personnel or the defensive side of the football. It, I'm done. Damian Williams, by the way, 16 touches, and he had 100 and uh, 150, 120. What do I got here? Uh, 128 yards. I will say this. I, the first call is interesting. Or whatever it was, one of the first calls. We're talking about the secondary and the defense, defensive backs coach because Eric, Bob Sutton takes a lot of heat. But if you notice when Eric Berry entered the game today, you finally felt confident about somebody in your secondary tackling. I mean, it was a breath of fresh air in the sense that even when it's Kendall Fuller, I like Kendall Fuller a lot, whether it's Skandrick, Nelson, Parker, Sorensen, you don't feel really good about these guys wrapping another player up. Barry came in there, and whether it was his fresh legs or just he, him feeling back to normal, you felt confident about him wrapping guys up. Uh, we'll take more of your phone calls. 576-7610. 576-7610. If you're leaving Arrowhead right now, we want to hear from you. You can also text in to 69306 on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride, hashtag AP610. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson, Mike Wickett. Right back to the phones. 576 7610 we go south of the border to Pablo in Mexico. What's up, Pablo? Hey, guys. Yep. Um, first of all, uh, I know we're super down because we lost the stupid Chargers, but uh, thank you so much for your for your show. I mean, keeps me up to date, and it's pretty tough to get Chiefs information down here. So I, ima- I imagine it's a little difficult. We're glad we got you, man. Yeah, yeah, it sucks, really. And, uh, I mean, whatever, but... I mean, that defense, man, it felt like the other shoe dropped. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's January football coming and playoffs, and I'm not confident at all. And Eric Berry felt like the old Eric Berry, but why, why, why do you pull him off? Why, why do you? <sighs> because he hasn't played in 400 and some odd days. You, you really just can't throw him out there for a full 60 minutes. Well, I mean, you just still- can't. He's still better than Ron Parker. One-legged Eric Berry is still better than Ron Parker. I'll agree with you there. Uh, that's facts. <laughs> that guy, I don't know how that guy has for, a job still. For anyone, yes. list, for anyone listening, so this was Bob Sutton going into the Ravens game. We had asked about Eric Berry and whether or not he would be on the snap count, and here's Bob basically explaining what the plan would be with Berry once he was available. 
Uh, just, you know, honestly, we haven't even, I, I would I would think so, but we haven't even got that far. I want to see where he's at. But, yeah, you know, most of the time when those guys come back, we kind of, we trust them a lot. And then we, we kind of keep a, a close, you know, because sometimes they just think they can keep going too. But, uh, and I'm sure whenever he gets out there, he'll feel that way. But, yeah, we, we try to be smart with him. So even though Eric Berry may have wanted to play the entire game, the plan was always for the Chiefs to pull him at some point, and that ended up looking, it felt like the half, I don't know exactly when it was, just because we don't have the we have the broadcast view, so you can't really see everything, but it felt like he played one half. So, Pablo, I don't know if that answers your question, man, but that was the schedule. That was the plan. Uh, well, it's not what I liked. Honestly, <laughs> it, just, it's, it sucks. It's, it, yeah. it really sucks. I, whatever happens, I'm just... I hope Patrick Mahomes deserves a better defense. Like how the de- I don't know how the defense comes uh, to train on Mondays and look the offense in the eye and like, hey man, like wow, just just wow. Anyway, just thank you so much for your show and please keep it going. Thank keep you. Going. Thanks, Pablo. Appreciate the phone call from uh, Mexico back here to Kansas City. Brandon, you're next up on Six Ten Sports Radio. Oh, uh, a few things. Um, I forgot who said this, but. I think it was last year someone said that Bob Sutton would need quality, talented players to run a defense. And when Eric Berry came back, that was the case. But when he was out, we saw that defense fell apart. So I think we're finding out the answer to, you know, can Bob Sutton run a quality defense? And it seems like he can if he has the right players, but Chiefs don't. And and, uh, one more thing. I know Eric Berry was on a snap count, but you couldn't put him in that last defensive series. Like, if it's like 25 snaps, yeah, I understand. But, you know, the Chiefs really needed to stop there. And I just don't understand why he wasn't there. And the play calling at the end was just bad. By some reports, Eric Berry was not sitting down in the first half because he was trying to, you know, keep his – trying to keep from getting too stiff or sore. He was trying to manage his pain by standing. He was not he was trying to make sure he kept the, the blood flowing. So getting him to jump back onto the field after after stepping out and stand getting cold for what, an hour and a half, two hours of real time, it, it's just not reasonable and it's it's not fair for him. He was out as soon as his his uh last snap was on. He was just not gonna come back. Here's the deal. You ain't waiting more than 400 days for this guy to get on the field. And no matter what game it is, it's not the playoffs, putting him back on the field in the final drive. You're still in the driver's seat if you're the Chiefs if you lose this football game. Yep. You're not in great position anymore. I wouldn't say fantastic position anymore, but you're still in control. Like, to me, it was a non-option. And I think that's how the Chiefs felt. Uh, remaining schedule, by the way, the Chiefs, as you know, go to Seattle, then come home for Oakland. Chargers play Baltimore next week back in L.A., and they close the season at Denver. And Kansas City controls their own destiny. Uh, Overland Park, Ryan, you're next up. What's up, Ryan? Hey, man, how you doing? All right. Hey, look, uh, first of all, i got to say, Ron Rivera, I've been hearing those things. Let's get Ron Rivera in here. Uh, I'm so sick of the Sutton uh, experiment, just just right off the bat. Other thing is, is Eric Berry, our defense looked incredibly different with him in the lineup. Like, come on. Like, I get him. He's on the pitch count, all that. Uh, come on. you you got to just play him. Like, he's going to play. He's not going to play. 
come on, you got that tooth in your foot, let's just play, because he was ready to play, and he could have played longer. Uh, that is sorry, man. Like, we should have won that game. This is killing me. I know there's a lot of pain right now for a lot of fans, but, again, they hold the tiebreaker. Both teams went out and finished 13-3. and they hold the tiebreaker with the better record in the AFC West. Boy, that Chargers-Broncos loss for what, a couple of weeks ago really changes a lot of things. For what it's worth, and I'm not trying to pour it on, but I believe the highest paid safety at the position should be playing with the sore heel for a lot sooner before week 15. That said, tonight there was a plan, and they were never going to play him past the second half or past the snap count that they wanted to. We'll get to more of your phone calls. Ryan, appreciate the call, man. We do. 576-7610. If you're leaving Arrowhead, give us a call. Uh, send us a text as well, 69306 on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson, Mike Wickett. We'll get to more of your calls coming up here on 610 Sports Radio. The 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Big-time players make big-time plays. 610 Sports Radio. This for the win. Four seconds left in the game, but this is likely the final play that matters. It's Joe Buck. That was earlier at Arrowhead. 29-28, your final score. Fox on the uh, play-by-play. Chiefs lose to the Chargers. 576-7610 is the phone number. We're going to hear from Patrick Mahomes uh, very shortly. So if we go to the phones, and I interrupt you, it means we're going to go back to Arrowhead and hear from Patrick Mahomes. Coming up, we'll hear from head coach Andy Reid as well. That is ArrowheadPride.com, editor-in-chief Pete Sweeney. That is Ken Swanson as well from ArrowheadPride.com. I'm Mike Wickett, 576-7610. Cody is in Colorado Springs. Cody, thanks for calling. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Got it. Uh, you know, when I, when you watch the water boy and you hear the coach say, you look, you the only person on this team who's any good. You have to do something. I think of Dorian O'Daniel. That guy is the only defensive back that we've got that's making plays, and he's making stops. And I don't understand why he's not on every play that's – I mean, on defense, he's. I'm just so upset. I can't even hardly talk. Cody, <laughs> it's cool, man. There's a lot of people feeling that way. Dorian O'Daniel can't def- can't handle the run game. Uh, if he, that's his biggest issue right now, he is a dime linebacker. That, that was by the design too. The the night he was drafted, Brett Feach said that that he would contribute in now and on third down. He wasn't perfect wait, wait, in coverage wait. either. Timeout, timeout. Let's head to Arrowhead. Here's Patrick Mahomes. He- we got some we got some scores, but whenever we needed to move the ball at the end, we we didn't execute, and so uh, it's um, it, it sucks now. But we're gonna kind of recuperate and uh, come back and try to win these next two games. Not not really at all. I mean, it's two completely different defenses. Uh, both of them are very talented, uh, but uh, they play me the way that they've played uh, everyone the whole entire season, and so. It, our job was to execute. We didn't put enough points on the board uh, to get the win, and so uh, we didn't do our job uh, good enough, I guess. They've got some great pass rushers, obviously. I think that was the most you've been pressured this year, both Yeah, I mean, they, you have guys like that on, on both ends as well as the guys they have in the middle. I mean, you have to learn to get the ball out faster. Uh, I have to do a better job with that. Uh, they. I mean, they they had a, they played a good game. I mean, they they found a way to win in the end, and we didn't. And so you have to find a ways to win in this league. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, there's not there's not much you have to say. I mean, everybody feels that that feeling. I mean, they they want to get back out there tomorrow. So we have a long, we're gonna have a long ten days. We're going to Seattle, which I mean, it's a tough place to play. They're playing really good football right now, uh, and so we're gonna just recuperate, see what we did well, and see what we didn't do so well, and and find ways to use this as as fuel as to go out there and win these next two games, and then uh, get into the playoffs. Uh, no, I mean, there, there's always pressure on you in this league. You're always trying to win every single game. Uh, I mean, we knew that coming in this game, win or, win or lose, we were going to come out this next week having to win. Uh, and so we've kind of been in that situation the entire year. I mean, there's been teams all over the AFC kind of right behind us, and we feel like every single game is a must-win game. I thought they played well. I mean, I mean that's how we've played the in, entire season. They, they step, people step up when their opportunity comes. And uh, I thought Damian and, and uh, Daryl both played really, really well when they when they got their chances. And uh, I'm sure that they'll they'll keep uh, growing and moving forward in this offense as the season ends. A very brief Patrick Mahomes. So didn't have a to- whole lot to say, and they got him out of there pretty quick following the 29-28 loss. Getting him out of there quick is not a surprise, but it did seem like there were no more questions. You could tell that he is very, very angry. I, that's his, I mean, he's, I, he's pretty mild-mannered, and there he is at the podium. You could tell he, he's very frustrated with how this night, night went. 24 of 34 for 243 yards passing, well below his average. Two touchdown passes for Patrick Mahomes tonight, and I'd like to be a fly on that wall for to know what was going through his head on that final drive when the kickoff is automatically brought back 10 yards because of a penalty. The first play, minus three, burn a charger timeout, then the throw to Hill, and then on third and eight, he gets the false start, becomes third and 13, and then Mahomes gets sacked. Like I'd love to know what's going through Mahomes' head during that. I, yeah, I mean, for sure. But here he is carrying this team the entire season. At some point, I know he would never say it because he's proven to be a leader. But at some point, he's got to be looking at himself in the mirror and saying, man, is this college again? Because I'm carrying this team on offense. Can I get one game from this damn defense? Can I get one game? I don't think the offense did enough. Frankly, I don't. I wasn't that impressed with the offensive performance. Pat, Pat did not have the greatest game today. In fact, it was, it was kind of, he was kind of pushing himself through, I'm not saying they through, did, though. Ken, but dude, I'm saying how many weeks this year has he carried this team? Can I, the defense win disagree. one? Can he win one game? No, that's all I'm saying. They can't. Exactly. They that's, can't. What I, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying the offense played particularly well today. All I'm saying is this has been Mahomes' team. He, he's a human being. He's going to have a bad game. I'm still not you sure. Follow, you, you, you've, covered, you've covered Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Aaron Rodgers has had a bad game. Had a bad year. Whereas defense <laughs> can carry him. Yeah. Mahomes has to be looking. And like I said, he's 23. He's a great leader. He'll never say this. But he's got to be turning to his defense in his own mind saying, guys, can you get me one? One? I, I, yeah, I, I, you look at his numbers and he didn't have, like you say, he had a bad game. He didn't have a bad game. He didn't have a, a 400. It's yard. not a Mahomes right. game. Yes. Agreed. 24 of 34, 243. 24 of 34, 243, two touchdowns. Alex Smith would love that last year. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with that, but I think about the, the last drive of the, the last drive that they went and scored, they, um, 
they really struggled to get that ball down the field. I think about the the, the play that's burned into my head and just kind of made that the vibe. And this is the vibe I got basically the whole game was Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball to Damian Williams on a swing route out of bounds. Basically, he caught the ball at the line of scrimmage and was too far down or too wide down the field because of the throw that he stepped it, out of bounds for a second and 10. It, it, it almost felt like the screen yeah. game worked like a little too well in the first half, and they fell right back into it thinking it would repeat itself. I mean, I, again, I, I need to rewatch the game, but the Chargers made adjustments where they had it covered in the second half. I think they knew that they couldn't get the ball down the field effectively the same way because Tyreek Hill was not the same Tyreek Hill. Agreed. And obviously he had a touchdown pass fall off his helmet, but that play was getting called back regardless. That was not a double penalty. But – you can't. You don't say this about Tyreek Hill a lot, but I think he would tell you I should have made that play if it hit you square in the helmet. It wasn't going to score anyway, but yeah, I agree. Tyreek Hill, four catches, forty-six yards tonight, kept out of the end zone. Five seven six seven six ten. Right back to the phones. Want to hear from you, Andy and Bonner Springs? You're on six ten Sports Radio. How you doing today, man? I'm doing all right, man. How are you doing? Doing okay. Morale is still very low in the studio. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I guess. First thing I want to say is uh, when it comes to all the games that the Chiefs have played this year, this is probably one of the best games that they've played when it comes to penalties. They didn't get it penalized as much as they have in the last couple of weeks. Um, my, my question to you is, is how did Phillip Rivers not get called for that unsportsmanlike conduct when he took his helmet off, which then they ended up getting a free timeout out of it? I think he had called timeout and took his helmet off. They didn't have any timeouts left at that point. When he slid and had the helmet to helmet, I believe he did. They, yeah, they had yeah he had one. Okay. But how how was he not called for the unsportsmanlike conduct, taking his helmet off on the field, and then getting into the referee's face? I mean, look, if you're going to sit and complain about referees, I got 10 plays that they didn't call against the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe, they, they didn't lose. I, 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 I'd have I, to ask that question. That's a good call. I'm assuming maybe because there were two giant oval boards that might have shown a clear helmet-to-helmet. Helmet. I'm not in the stadium. I don't know if there was a replay, but he got hit helmet-to-helmet. Helmet. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not trying to bail Phillip Rivers out, but he had a reason to be gripe, gripe about. And two plays later... I mean, we don't know what's going through the referee's mind, but it sure seemed like a makeup call. Oh, the uh, the pass interference penalty in the end zone? I mean, that was a phantom. He grabbed his arm as, as the receiver was going up. Is that pass interference or is that fighting for the football? Uh, I, to me, I don't know how you make that call, except except Andy. That was a makeup call. That was a makeup call. That was a makeup call. It, correct, correct me if, on the, uh, if you call a timeout on the football field. Can you take your helmet off? Yeah. That, then that answers the question. Andy, they, they, they had called timeout. The clock was stopped. He took his helmet off. There's your answer. I mean, getting in the referee's face, they're not going to call that. This isn't the NBA. They're not going to call that. That's, this is the NFL. They, quarterbacks get to do whatever they Yeah, want. and plus he's a quarterback. A pretty boy can do whatever he wants. Matt in Kansas City, you're on KM, You're on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Matt? Hey, guys. Yeah, tough to still swallow with tonight's yeah. loss. Um, you know, but, it, but honestly, it's a recurring thing we've seen all year. It's just Mahomes mania has been able to mask this defense to the point to where we just really don't care you know, that they've been awful. I mean, yeah, you'll you know you'll complain a little bit, but this defense has been this defense all season long. And so, you know, to be shocked when Mahomes doesn't play the perfect game, I just think it's you know it's a little naive and foolish to act that way because realistically, if this offense doesn't play a perfect game doesn't mask this defense, which has basically been lit up by about everyone. They just don't have a chance. And coming up with the playoffs, 
I mean, you have to really question how how deep this team can go with, you know, you don't know what the running game is going to show tonight. It was great, but, you know, with the defense the way it is, if Mahomes isn't perfect, I don't know how deep this team can go. And with Mahomes basically being in his first full season, it's just, it's a lot to put on a 23-year-old. You know, I, I'm i not going to sit here and say the Chiefs' defense played well. They didn't make a stop when they had to. They played terrible. They did get five sacks and picked off two passes against against Phil Rivers. I mean, it, 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 I know people are going after Bob Sutton a lot tonight, but they did sack Rivers five times and picked him off twice. The pressure that they're getting is great. It, it really is the secondary. The pressure was good early, but I feel like it kind of tapered off towards the end, too. Who wasn't there in the, in the second half? Eric Berry. He was a leading tackler at halftime. <laughs> they... It, they they missed Eric Berry. Yeah, they did. They did because of the mm-hmm. communication. The communication was as pathetic as you could imagine. It was in, the last play of the game. They left a guy wide open. That was a wide open two point conversion. They couldn't get a simple check in man coverage right. They were they were just they were going to play a little game. I think they're going to play an inside out game. Basically, the the outside defender was going to take the outside guy. The inside. Uh, defender was going to take the inside guy. They're just going to sort through whatever traffic those two receivers tried to create. And they both, met, they no one went with the outside guy. Yeah, they, it looked like there was no plan. They busted. No, there was just a, it was an embarrassing bust. That was, you. And didn't that come out of a timeout? Yeah. Didn't that come out of a timeout or at least a review, the review of the touchdown, which, by the way, if you, people are going to dog the refs. That was, did, did the ball not move on the game winning or the game tying or the, the last touchdown score? I don't know if you could call that back. It's tar- it's I, I don't know, man. But, but anyway, I digress. That coverage call is, I'm not joking you, is that, run in high school. That's a, it, is, it is a high school run. They the, Teams in high school do that if they're playing man coverage. Let's uh, say hello to Ron, the show, Hughley. Weekdays, you hear him in the middle of the day on show and Vern, leaving Arrowhead. Show, I, I, I've been watching you on Twitter. I imagine you're a little hot right now. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm actually still in the press box. Uh, we, good. That means you have Georgia. to be tempered down a little bit. I'm glad yeah, you like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the I was in the Chargers locker room. Let me tell you, man they they are ready to go. They're ready to go. They are amped beyond amped. The coaches that ran out of uh, the coaching booths to get downstairs to the team. It was a sight I've never seen before. How Amped and how crazy they were and how excited they were. Um, I, I'm going to be honest. Uh, this, this to me, when you look at the opponent, this to me is probably the best that I think this defense has played. When I look at the opponent, and I, I, I'm not mad, and I kind of agree with with Speed. I believe we said the pressure was good. And you get five sacks, you get two picks for this defense and for that offense. That's supposed to be enough. Under 30 points, two interceptions, five sacks. Chris Jones was a beast. That's supposed to be enough for this group. I agree. Now, I agree with what, you. I agree with you, show. What, what we, your MVP and that offense didn't go and get the move, get the plays that they needed to get. But we're finally seeing it. This offense is now different when you lose those two, especially Kareem Hunt, those weapons. But to get to what Pete was saying, and I know people don't want to hear it because you just want to say this is a oh no what if you had a corner you had a corner 
who could go make plays. All right, you wanted to let him go. That's fine. We can agree or disagree. You wanted to let him go, but you let him go, and you replaced him with two non-starters. And 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 and, and that's you know that's going to be a problem. Hey, hey show. Are you going to bring up Marcus Peters till the day you die? I, I don't. I, I'm not going to bring it up to the day I die, but it's valid. It's valid. You had him, and that's fine. But you've got to replace him with a starter. And you replaced him with Orlando Skandrick, and you replaced him with Steve Nelson, who is not a starting NFL outside corner. And we've known this has been a problem from the jump. All right? Sometimes the, sometimes offenses went and, and attacked other things, but we know that's going to be a problem. It's been a problem every time the Chiefs have played elite quarterbacks, and we've been, it's been a part of the reason why they lost games. You know, I mean, it didn't matter. Steve, people would say Eric Berry. Yes, uh, Eric may be hurt in the second half. Steve's getting his ass kicked in the first half. It didn't matter. Uh, Orlando was getting beat so fast, it didn't matter. I think you and I, 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 So, I, I, I mean, we, this is going to be a problem. But I will say this. My, my mindset on what this team can do has not changed with this loss. I still, I, I still think they're a Super Bowl contender, and I still think they can get there. Ron, Ron, I do agree with you. It seemed like Steve Nelson had uh, not the greatest night, uh, maybe one of his worst games of the season. Orlando Skandrick certainly doesn't seem like an uh, an answer. He was a throwaway from the Washington uh, Redskins. I don't know if necessarily you can point back to Marcus Peters, but certainly you you would have expected the Chiefs to come up with a better cornerback. I want to ask you about the moment that the Chargers got the two-point conversion and just the environment at Arrowhead and, and just if you could just describe what the scene was in the press box and just the feelings. Did. Did. I mean, the whole the stadium did. Just, just shock. Shock. Did it remind you, and this is what I led with earlier today, did it remind you of that Jamal Charles fumble against the Broncos a couple of years back? Well, I mean, it's very eerie. I mean, that was a game where Eric Berry was returning from cancer. They put on the red on red. They played at night. They played a Hall of Fame quarterback that didn't play his best game but still found a way at the end to get a win. Just weird. In a really, yeah. really weird way. Yeah. Show, what are you guys talking about tomorrow? I know you'll be reviewing this and uh, and talking all about this one. Well, I have to admit, I put it on the line, the show curse. Um, I have to admit it. That it's, a, it's a truth. Um, uh, so... I'm sure that's that's where we'll go. I'll take some of the bullets for this one because um, I said today that if they don't win this game, then then we can kill the noise on the Arrowhead Magic. I felt like the Arrowhead Magic was flimsy anyway because they just really don't win a lot of really big games here. So we can we can kill the noise of the Arrowhead Magic. We can kill the noise of old money. If we get home field advantage, fancy. We're going to the Super Bowl. I don't know for what reason the history of this franchise has given us thoughts that that was the case, but we can kill the noise on the Arrowhead Magic. Love you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for calling in. Show. Show and Vern tomorrow, 10 until 2. And we've talked about that on this show. There really isn't much of an Arrowhead mystique. No. No, it's it's not Lambo in the cold. The Arrowhead advantage is a mirage. I agree It it is. They lose there in the playoffs. They, I'm sure, you know, they of every team, and I understand they had won the last nine in a row at Arrowhead Stadium, but every team goes through periods where they win at home, you know, a bunch of string of games in a row. There's nothing daunting about coming to Arrowhead Stadium for a game, a big game. He's right, and, and that's a sad thing. I, you wish there were.
Eric Berry came back. Tony Gonzalez got inducted to the Ring of Honor. This the, It's like an 80% clip for the home teams winning these Thursday night football games. Right. Yeah. The the Arrowhead mystique is gone. You you skipped out on AFC West title on a AFC, buy on the line. I, I mean, hat and T-shirt night. Hat and T-shirt, hat night. And t-shirt night. This is... The, this is if you if this if you can't pull this game off, if the Arrowhead Magic isn't pulling you off through or pulling you through that, everything one of those things you could have been like, okay, there's a, you know there's a lot of energy here. I and by the way, I, I I go back to exactly what Ron said at home. The, this defense that couldn't get you a win, you were at home. You picked off Rivers twice. You had five sacks and a bunch of other pressures on Phil Rivers. I mean, the, the defense kind of did their job. This offense, it, as, 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 as low as the ceiling is for this offense, or for this defense, I mean, the offense can't have a C game. They no. can't have a C game. The, again, if you look at, if I told you that against the Chargers, the, you know, one of the hottest teams in the NFL, a team you're fighting for the, the playoff spot, you're going to keep him under 30, pick off Rivers twice, sack him five times. Yeah, you think you'd want, you'd win. You'd win that football game. She just didn't turn the ball over either. And not A. I mean, you people want to blast Bob Sutton because he's low-hanging fruit. Mm. I know. I know. No, there's there's still a lot of issues here. I know that Patrick Mahomes said that the Ravens and Chargers didn't you know play them differently, and obviously schemes are different across the National Football League, but I think that um, will to – possess the football and keep it out of the offense's hands and give them minimal chances is exactly what they did. Yeah. I'm not saying the scheme was the exact same, but that strategy, methodical drives, if you can manage right. it, that's what they implemented tonight. That That is how you beat the Chiefs. You slow them down. You disrupt their tempo. You disrupt their timing. You control the clock. They had the ball for near seven minutes more. They ran 14 more plays. The Chiefs could not get off the field. So, yes, all these sacks and stuff are great, but they couldn't get off the field. You know who has the best running attack in the entire National Football League in yards per game and total yards this year? Any guess? Seattle Seahawks. You don't think they're watching this game and said, we got a pound with Carson, we got a pound with Penny, Russell's going to keep the ball? Your blueprint has been there the last two weeks to figure out how to slow Mahomes and company down. You want to talk about that a little bit. Chargers have 10 days off too, and they play the Baltimore Ravens next, and that isn't a win you can assume, but you heard what Ron the show said. He was in the opposing locker room tonight, and they are ready to go. So you, mm-hmm. I think that Chargers, you, you just saw the Chargers and you just saw the Ravens. I think that Chargers team beats the Ravens, and then they have the Broncos who are now depleted. They were rolling, but they're now done. So I look at those as two wins. So that means the Chiefs have to match, right? Yep. Sunday night football is not going to be easy. And then you have Raider week, which we joked about, you know, before. That I wasn't knew, joking. We knew the outcome of that. And granted, I, I am not worried about the Oakland Raiders. The one I worry about is Los Angeles, or I'm sorry, Seattle. But say, okay, so let's say you get the Raiders win. Let's say for some reason the Seahawks lose, Chargers win out. Guess what? You are the fifth seed. Yeah. And it's an incredible, it, it almost... Like, this game and that scenario feels like a microcosm because, like I was saying earlier as we started the show, it never felt like, no matter how poorly they were playing tonight, the Chiefs would actually lose this football game. Just like all year, it's it's always felt like, no matter what, they're definitely going to be one of, you know, win the AFC West. Well, guess what? You got to go out and win in Seattle. 
Biggest game of the year against a tough football team. That likes AFC, to run the ball, cold weather. AFC, NFC, there's that loudest stadium in the world type thing. So you know the fans are going to be rocking that game. Like, to me, it's just not the scenario you were looking for for Week 16. And here's the other scenario you really didn't want. How about this? If the playoffs ended now, the five seed, which is still the Chargers, has to go to Pittsburgh. Do you want to be the five seed and go to Pittsburgh and, and try to – uh, get rid of that demon, that postseason demon. I know what happened the first couple weeks of the year. You want to go play Big Ben in the cold? You want to, you want to go to Heinz Field and play Big Ben and Antonio Brown and probably a healthier James Conner in the cold? And play an extra game, too. I mean, that's that was how that's how big these next two games are. This was the most critical five day stretch for the Kansas City Chiefs, and everything that was awesome about yep. that Baltimore yeah. Ravens game means absolutely nothing now. Because if you pull that game out against the Chargers, you are sitting pretty. We were talking before the game, resting for three weeks about whether or not the Chiefs <laughs> yeah. could rest their yep. starters for two games you know, in a regular season. You know what's scary about it is we were here on Sunday doing the pregame show, and I said to you guys, we are four days away from the Chiefs being in fifth place. They are lucky that they pulled out that game two fourth downs against the Baltimore Ravens because we would be sitting here right now with the Chiefs in fifth place. Let's go right back to the phones. We're going to hear from a lot of dejected Chiefs and some excited Chargers. <laughs> I know that'll lift your spirits as we get closer into Friday morning. I don't think that'll help. You don't think so? Not these, not these fans. No no, no way. We'll see. What do we got here? You don't want to hear from Derwin James? Oh, goodness. We'll hear from Eric Barry. I can promise you that. And we'll get to the rest of your phone calls next. The 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Big-time players make big-time plays. 610 Sports Radio. for the win. Four seconds left in the game, but this is likely the final play that matters. End zone, wide open. What a night for Mike Williams. That was Joe Buck on Fox on the play-by-play. Chiefs lose 29-28. You're listening to the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Arrowheadpride.com, editor-in-chief Pete Sweeney. Ken Swanson here from arrowheadpride.com as well. I'm Mike Wickett. Right back to the phones. Guys have been hanging on hold. We appreciate it. We're going to hear from Andy Reid. You're going to hear from uh, Dorian O'Daniel, Chris Jones, Eric Berry. But first, Lenny in New Jersey. You're on 610 Sports Radio. Hi, Dorian. I just got a question. At the end of the game, when they went for the two points, why didn't Andy Reid call timeout in that situation? He had a timeout left. There was only four seconds to go in the game. And you would think that the coach would call timeout. That's my question. Well, we haven't heard from Andy Reid yet. We will. Um, it, it, it is a good question. I mean, I, I'm trying it to like see he, here. It seemed like they gave him a, a little bit to regroup there. Um, well, they were reviewing the play. So yeah, well, there was a long actually, stoppage of time. They were look, reviewing the touchdown catch. So Lenny, they had time. Lenny, they did call timeout. Excuse me? They did call timeout. Andy Reid called timeout? Yes. Before that play? Yes. Before the touchdown. Yeah. No, no, before the two-point conversion. For the two-point conversion I'm talking about. I, I know. The touchdown happened. There was yes. a timeout. And then right. and then the they, they called timeout. I'm not seeing that, Mike. I've got it right here in front of me. I got the play, the play chart right here in front of me. I got touch. Uh... Oh, yeah, I have it. Maybe my maybe I, I'm looking at the NFL game log. Maybe, maybe am I am I reading this wrong? They did they call timeout between between, well, they, okay, they had plenty of time to re, to set anything up. 
They were rev- reviewing the reviewing play. Reviewing the play. So they had that was the time. Yeah. The timeout. The time. The Kansas City timeout was prior to the touchdown. Yeah. Yes. Which you could argue the Chiefs shouldn't have done that because it gave them the call their best play, I, I assume. Okay. I'll go. All right. Now we got this cleared up. Then there was the ruling. As they were reviewing it, they called their perfect two point conversion play or so, whatever. Right. So there was no. So they could have lined up. When they did line up for that two, Reed could have used his third timeout. Right, he did not. The re- they want actually wanted to go for the quick two. Like Phil was trying to get them to the line, and they, they had to review re- the touchdown. Had, yeah, that. So, Lenny, I I don't know why. I don't I, even. I'm not entirely sure that that time timeout changes anything because the communication was so simple. Like I, that that is not a hard. That is not a hard adjustment. It wasn't disguised. No, they they were just they were playing man coverage, and they were just they they have a, a stat call. Where where where, um, one guy's gonna take the outside guy, one guy's gonna take the inside guy, based on how mm-hmm. the routes are distributed, and it's literally a high school like high schools run it. Well, they couldn't run it for the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Neil's and Lone Jack. Hey, Neil, do me a favor, turn your radio all the way down. Okay, guys. Go ahead. What's on your mind, man? Oh, lots and lots and lots. Good. Um, so here, my comment after last week's game that I didn't get to because I was busy talking about Kareem kind of applies for tonight and and then I've got a bunch of questions after that but my comment is sometimes it's really hard for me to believe I, I, I try to figure out what's more hard to believe how good Patrick Mahomes is or how bad our secondary is I, just, I, I don't understand how our secondary could be that bad and that, so that's my comment now my question I have lots of questions. You answered one of the questions already about the um, taking off the helmet thing because I thought that was a penalty. It should have been a ten-second runoff. I couldn't believe it. They didn't call it. You, you, you can I take guess. your pen. You can take your helmet off if the time, if the clock has stopped. Right. I guess yeah, because you already answered that. But here's my other question. Um, many questions. But I mean, you said we have five sacks in the in the game. How many do we have in the second half? What happened to our pass rush in the second half? What what happened? That's one of my questions. My my other question is: Is it allowed for the referees when they're reviewing a touchdown? Are they allowed to overcall the touchdown and call an offensive pass interference? Are they allowed to do that? No. But they should have. No. <laughs> Are they not allowed to do that? No. You can't, no, they, no. You can't. You can't, you can't call that. You no. can't. You can't go back, review a play, and call it a, an offensive pass interference. It would either be complete or incomplete. We are all in agreement that the pass interference on us was phantom, correct? And then the pass interference that they did not call should have been called. Are we? Do we all agree on that? Uh, yeah, I'm getting confused of where we're at right now, but I'll just I'll just say yes because we uh, it's. It's confusing at this point. The, the the pass interference penalty that set up first and goal in the back of the end zone was a makeup call for the missed helmet to helmet on Phil Rivers. Right, and then and then what on the touchdown? It was should have been offensive pass interference, and they just refused to call that. Not much less forget about whether the ball moved, which I believe it did, and they should have overturned the touchdown call. But it was offensive pass Yeah, I mean, look, you can bitch all you want about uh, referees, Neil, but I could call ten things. I could say ten things on the Chiefs if you want me to. I, uh, the refs didn't call the the earlier. refs. The refs didn't lose this game for Kansas City. I mean, the game. I is, agree. I, I agree. The, the secondary lost the game for Kansas City. You know, I and I want to talk about that for a second. 
on that final drive, and Neil, a lot of people are on your side, and I think Pete's on your side too. On that final drive, Phil Rivers dropped some dimes, some passes that Hall of Fame quarterbacks like Phil Rivers can make. And 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 you you assume that Pat Mahomes can make that throw too. That throw on fourth down, Fuller had perfect coverage. And Benjamin made a tremendous grab. It was a dime that was thrown on the money. The previous play, I mean, I know it's easy right now when you're pissed at Bob Sutton's defense. And we hate doing this. But credit Rivers. The dude's going to the Hall of Fame for a reason. You, you, I think Rivers does deserve credit. I mean, it's the, some of the blame, I think, it does fall with, I think, Andy Reid and offense being a little passive when you had the game in your hands. If you I just get a that. couple first downs, you win it. Yeah. To answer your second question, I know that you had another. Uh, there were four sacks in the first half. One in the second? One, one in, in the second the half. The pass rush was a problem in the second half. They were not – I mean, that's part of the way that this works for the Chargers. They controlled the ball. They controlled time of possession. The the d- Chiefs' defense was tired. They were tired. Yeah, one, one of the points I made, too, again, in the pre-show, so if you weren't listening to the pre-show, I'm making this, the, this show, too. It's Thursday night football. I talked to one of the Chiefs this week, and, and one of the things he told me was, you just start feeling like you can finally move again on Thursday. Sometimes you don't start feeling like you can you feel better until Thursday. It's very hard, and this comes from our injury expert at ArrowheadPride.com, Aaron Borgman. It's very hard to condition for this week because you can't really do a lot on the field. So you have to do other things like either swim or run and so on and so forth. And you could tell that the conditioning of the Chiefs' defense was a little bit um, they were tired. less yeah, in the second half. Hey, Neil, always good to hear from you, man. Thank you. Hope you have yourself a good night, man. Anthony's in Lenexa. What's up, Anthony? Um, yeah, I'm calling. Um, my whole span. Hey, do me a favor. Turn your radio all the way down. My radio is down. All right. I, I hear, hear some. Yeah. Who's the loudmouth in the back now? Go ahead, Anthony. No. See, the, the problem with their defense, I still believe, is this. I believe Clark Hunt has screwed the Chiefs are going to the uh, Super Bowl. You got rid of Marcus Peters. One. Two. You could have signed Eric Reed for little or nothing for safety. Easily could have signed him. And third, Pac-Man just got through getting released. He could have bought him in. Because Strandrick, he's not good. Dallas got rid of him. You had every opportunity to keep these players or get players, and you failed to do it. Whether it's controversy or Colin Kaepernick or whatever the situation that is, you had an opportunity to do it, and you didn't do it. And now it may call to cheese. What team does Adam Pac-Man Jones play for right now? He's not playing anywhere, but you could have bought him in. Well, are, are you? Adam Pacman Jones is worse than Orlando Skinner. He's, he's no good. Not even close. There's a reason why Adam Pacman Jones isn't playing in the National Football League right now. I mean, it, it it's not 2010 anymore. You know, it's he's not the fresh young face out of West Virginia. He was drafted 13 years ago. He's a name. As far as Peters goes. I'm sick of hearing about Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters has been barely above average for the Los Angeles Rams this year. I got no take on Eric Reed. Pete? I mean, the one owner who brought Eric Reed in was a new owner. I, I just don't like the situation. I, I would have liked to, the Chiefs to give him a look. I just, for this organization, 
This is my opinion, Pete Sweeney talking. I just thought it was a non-option given the pattern. So there you go. And and, and that baggage, by the way, it comes along with Pac-Man Jones, too, who is 36 years old, 37 years old. Uh, thanks for the phone call, man. Al in Wisconsin. Al, what's up? Mike, I'm first-time caller from Milwaukee, your old uh, hometown. What's up, bud? Old, old, old listener to the uh, the morning show here. Uh, KC fan living in a cheese state. Um, you know, uh, as a realist living in uh, the cheesehead state, you know, there is some things wrong with the Chiefs, and uh, I wouldn't put too much... Um, emphasis or worry about it tonight. It, it was a big game. It was like one of the biggest games that I could remember, but, uh, you know, you win out now, you win five in a row, the next two games and the next three off or the next three games in the playoffs or get to the Super Bowl. five games. That's all you need right now. Lesson learned, get things together. There's a lot of things wrong. The secondary, the defense, their offense will always roll, but, you know, outsider looking in, I see everything that's happening in Green Bay, obviously, outside. Looking at Kansas City, man, they are one of the best teams in the AFC, no doubt. I look at, like, their losses this year, and I still look at their losses. Like, people look at it like takeaways. Like, okay, it was a they lost, but at the same time, you're satisfied with it. I, you know, it's crazy because I've been a Chiefs fan for years living in Wisconsin, and I, I hear both stories of Packers and Chiefs. This year, something special. I know they lost. Take it as a lesson learned. Today, their defense wasn't there. The team didn't play that good. They, their offense was all right. But, like, I'm looking at it like this is their year. They need at least to get to the Super or the uh, AFC Championship game. Well, hey, Al, thanks for the phone call, man. Always good to hear from an old listener from my from my old days up there. I mean, I, I, I know that people don't like this, but to his point, there are such things as moral victories. And, Pete, you and I were on the air when they lost to the New England Patriots, and you and I were up late night, and the take basically was, I don't feel so bad. We hung with the goat on the road. Rams game, Monday night football. You know, I don't feel so bad. That's a Super Bowl team. This Charger team's damn good. This Chargers team is damn good. Yeah, well, now they're in the playoffs, and you're going to have to beat them. And that, that's the thing. And Sean was here, I think, on Patriots night or one of the games. Maybe it was Rams night. Rams and, night. And he goes to me, yeah, next time they'll get them. Right. And it's like, well, what leads you to believe that? They just had an opportunity to do that. Like, so me, yeah, that's, that's fine. But at a certain point, you're going to have to beat these good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that Jared Goff is in the same realm as a Tom Brady uh, or a Phillip Rivers. But it's the same type of deal. It's these really, really good teams. And guess who's going to be there in the playoffs? These really, really good teams. If I told you going into this next game against Seattle on the road, they hold them under 30, pick off Russell Wilson twice and sack him five times, you going to feel good about that? <laughs> do they win? If, <laughs> if I told you I mean, that's I, what they do, would you feel good about that? I don't know anymore. <laughs> After, I mean, honestly, though, like... You, it just the margin the margin for this team is so small when it comes to this defense because the defense did did no, nothing to slow them down in the second half. They got tired because the, the Chargers controlled the entire game even though they turned the ball over. 
it's 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 a fine line for this team. So even some of these optics and some of the optics are great for this game for them. If you look at the defense, the defense held the Chargers to 29 points. They were plus two in the turnover margin, but the control of the game was all in, in LA's favor for the majority of the game, even though the Chiefs were up two scores. I don't think the offense did enough. I mean, I if you are a Chiefs fan and you dog Bob Sutton, I go back to it like a skipping record. If they hold a team under th- in today's NFL with a Hall of Fame quarterback, if they see Roethlisberger or they see Brady or they see Rivers again, under 30, five sacks, two picks, plus two in the... Uh, in, in the in, in the interception in the turnover category, you feel like you have a good shot to win every one of those games with Mahomes. You should win those games with Mahomes. I I I don't know. I I just think it was inconsistency on both sides of the football in the second half. I and I, I just don't think that Mahomes is going to have a Superman week every week, and it may be against. Uh, a quarterback like this, and I think if you, I think Mahomes has a right, probably in his gut. Like I said, he would never say it. I just think he has a right to say, "Guys, can you pick me up one time?" I, I just, I think the defense could have done more in the second half. I think the defense was tired coming off. Of course, hunt. and that's of course that's why it was. I mean, this is this is how, and it's not always going to be a Thursday night football turnaround, right? But I mean, the Chiefs were on the field. You won't for, have this again. You won't have this particular. You get ten situation. days off, so you get healthy, you get right. You come back 100% strong. Maybe your boy Sammy Watkins will be back in the mix and you feel a lot better going into that Sunday night football game. It's just such a huge game. So use the 10, 10 days. Uh, I know that Andy Reid, what he typically does, and I can't, I can't say for sure he'll do this, but what he allows the guys to do is take three days to get their head right, and they'll be back to work on Monday. Let's go to Doug in Overland Park. Hey, Doug. Hi, guys. Thank you so much. Um, tough loss. Um, I'm, I've ha- I've made some notes, so I, I'm going to try to make sure I don't uh, <laughs> double back. On I, 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 I'm glad you did that, man. <laughs> um, in no particular order, uh, and there's a couple of uh, really brief questions. Does does our kicker suck up look like that he's a little bit um, spooked? Um. I don't know. Maybe from last weekend. So, um, did you just say suck up? You mean Butker? I'm sorry. Yes. That's Thank all right. You. Hit us with the rest of your questions, too. We'll roll through them. Is Butker spooked? What's number two? Um, next, I agree with the uh, – I think the Chiefs' rush in the first half was way different than the second half. Um, first question is um, – would you guys have gone for a two-point play um, in that situation okay. with everything on the line? And would you mind um, just reviewing as best you can kind of the situation the Chiefs are in? If they win, if they win back-to-back games coming up, do they do they have home field? Yes, uh, we'll we'll take them real quick. Your Butker spooked Pete. You've been speaking about that for for a week now. Yeah, coming into last game, he, I think it was four or five games had missed extra points, and then not a great game last week with the two missed field goals. Uh, did not really much opportunity tonight. 
Dave Tobe was asked about it recently, and he said he's not too worried about it. But I just it's just interesting. I don't necessarily think, okay, he's definitely spooked, but this is a guy who was perfect for a long time and is now kind of starting to have a little bit of issues. Kent, his second question, would you have gone for two? Yeah. Absolutely. I was I was talking about that, you know, with four and a half minutes left they're nearing the drive. I just I was like, they're gonna they can score here and they can go for two the next the next time they get the ball back because they're going to get the ball back and they I, t- I told Kent there's no way they do that and then they go line up for two. I would not have gone for two. I just think because of the way the overtime is structured, you're you're almost guaranteed to get it as long as you can prevent them from scoring a touchdown and the Chiefs I'm sorry, the Chargers defense was having their way with Mahomes in the second half, but I guess they, they said, all right, well, it's on in our hands anyway. Let's do it. I just think they were playing with fire. And part of the dynamic here and part of the way that you manage this game is you've got to get you got to get a little bit lucky. You got to catch them in a couple good, you know, a couple bad looks. And they did. And it's a it's a risk by Anthony Lynn. If he doesn't get it, he gets killed. But would you rather have he gets the, killed? But would you rather put the ball back in Patrick Mahomes hands or would you rather just put it in the hands of Philip Rivers? I, I, and by the way, I know I know. Hey, the, I mean, OK, good. No, he made the right call, yeah. obviously. I'm just saying, at the time, and I still believe this, it's just a dangerous call. I think it's just high risk. High risk. And with the way your defense is playing, with how tired the Chiefs, or I'm sorry, how your offense is playing and how tired the Chiefs' defense looked, I don't know. I, just, I, I, I think, it's the, I'm I think at, that's the time to exploit it's a gutsy that play. tired defense. It's a gutsy play. Uh, and the third question, what's the playoff scenario? Went out, they have home field. Right. Win out, they have home field. You win your next two, the playoffs, the, the AFC championship runs through the the the, the uh, runs through Arrowhead. For this to really be disastrous, is to co- lose. Of course, the Chargers have to go perfect, and the Chargers and, have the and the Chiefs would have to go one and one. Chargers have Ravens, Broncos, or zero and two, I guess. Chiefs have Seattle, Oakland. Chiefs win out. Chiefs have home field throughout. They got a game up on the Patriots, so it's pretty simple. Win out. And the road to the Super Bowl comes through uh, Arrowhead. There's a scenario, too, and I know it's grim because it's the night of. There's a scenario, too, where the Chiefs come back in 10 days, they refresh, and they go and roll the Seattle Seahawks sure. like, like they've done other teams. It's just hard to fathom that immediately after this trash. Yeah, but they've lost some of this. Whether They've lost momentum and, and ability to pr- prepare. And and kind of set themselves up like they they could have had the most ideal scenario for the playoffs for their preparation everything laid out if they win this football game and I, they have lost that so now they are scratched and clawing for for some of these luxuries that they're trying to maintain and that's a huge issue worth bringing up too and Adam Schefter I believe tweeted this after said that a former player had reached out to him when the whole Kareem Hunt thing happened and said, this can really undo a team or, you know, ruin a season. And you mm-hmm. look at the three games since, right? So you have the Los Angeles, uh, the Oakland Raiders, and the Chiefs didn't look like the Chiefs in that game. Again, they still put up 40 points. They get the W. I know a lot of fans will be like, okay, Pete, they won. I mean, the Chiefs should have lost to the Baltimore Ravens. That was Patrick Mahomes willing the team the victory toward the end there with two fourth down plays, that's not going to happen a lot. You should have lost that game. And now you have this loss. Like you start to wonder, as that pattern goes, how much Kareem really impacted this team, I think, both mentally and the obvious impact of, you know, there was a ESPN 25 under 25 where Kareem Hunt was among, you know, five Chiefs players, the top five of, the, of that list. It's just such a young talent. 
how much that's affecting them on the field as well. We'll get to more of your phone calls. Uh, we will go inside that Chiefs locker room, including Eric Berry. You'll hear what he had to say following a loss. And we'll get to more of you after this loss to the San Diego Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers. Where are they from? Los Angeles. We'll do that next. The 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Big-time players make big-time plays. 610 Sports Radio. 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Pete Sweeney, Kent Swanson, Mike Wickett. We'll get back to the phones in just a sec. Want to head to Arrowhead and hear from head coach Andy Reid following the Chiefs' 29-28 loss to the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's go to Arrowhead. All right. Um, as far as the injuries go, we really don't uh, have any to mention. Um, listen, uh, we, we shot ourselves in the foot here. So uh, with the penalties, uh, you can't do that in a game like this. Um, you know, it ended up haunting us uh, in that fourth quarter and really throughout. So um, and that's both sides of the ball. And special teams, you can't, can't do that. Um, I, our fans were phenomenal, uh, great support, loud. Um, they stayed that way for all four quarters. Um, and that's where a little bit, of, you know, some of our disappointments right there. I mean, they they came out and did a heck of a job. For so what do we do? We get back on it, and uh, you know, in the National Football League, you got to be a bit resilient. That's uh, what you do. You learn from your mistakes. That's real. And then you get yourself, uh, you know, become a better team, and and then get yourself ready to go play Seattle. So that's that's what we'll do. So with that time, yeah, um, I'll take that. I'll take that responsibility. There. We uh, could have done a better job there, giving giving the guys you know opportunities, and you know, again, you know, we've got to we've got to do that, do better. Than. Yeah, so he, he had his reps uh, that first half, and, uh, you know, we just kind of backed off there. So. Was that the plan, or did he have to Yeah, we are going to see how he felt and as we went. And, uh, you know, he gave us some good snaps. Gave you good snaps, couldn't give any in the second half. More from head coach Andy Reid. Yeah, so listen, I, I think if you, if you narrow it down to the penalties, both sides of the ball, I mean, we were in great position to get off the field. We didn't. Uh, and a lot of those extended drives were off of penalties. So, right or wrong, you know, they, 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 they're done. And, uh, and so we've got to do better. We're not making any excuses. We've got to do a better job. Andy, Well, you never know. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't think what they're thinking on that, you know, but uh, we were ready for them to, to do it. Uh, just got to make sure we cover the guys. So. Yeah. Is it good to get this? Yeah. Well, as long as we learn from it, that's uh, that's the important thing right now. So uh, you get in and you, you know you don't take anything for granted at home or anything else. You, you got to bear down, and, and that's a good football team. So we we got to the best thing we can do is learn from it and make ourselves a better football team. Yeah, you know, I thought he did a nice job uh, all the way around. Um, ran hard when he had the chance and caught the ball well. So uh, I thought he, he played well. 
I thought he did okay. Yeah, I mean there are a couple who want he want back, but I thought he uh, he did good. You know, it's uh, he you know he hasn't played for he hasn't had pads on since uh, uh, since training camp. So and that was only for a couple of days there. So that was kind of expected. Uh, just nice and slow with it. That was, uh, that's kind of where we're at. We didn't expect to play the whole game. That was that wasn't. Sandy Reid after the loss. If you had to take a shot every time Andy Reid said that they have to learn from it, you probably would be drunk right now because, I don't know, what what do you learn from it? My next question would be, Andy, what do you learn from that football game? You can really differentiate the losses that Andy Reid is unhappy with and the ones that he feels like the team played hard enough and they got beat. Like I, I could tell in this particular one that he wasn't happy with the performance. And you could, you could if you compare it to... The two losses earlier this season, it was a little bit more chipper and saying, you know, we left it out there. Uh, you could tell that he wasn't proud of, you know, the offensive performance and just, um, I you could I think could tell that he 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 thought his team could have played better here. No, I totally agree. And you know the they they did not play well enough to win this game. I know the results very easily could have been a Chiefs victory. But I thought the uh, I thought the Chargers really had had their way with how they wanted this game to go. They dictated the tempo. They dictated how this game was going to be played, and the Chiefs lost at the Chargers game, even though they only led for four seconds. Want to remind you right now? You're listening to KCSP Kansas City KRBZ HD One Kansas City. Phone number is five seven six seven six ten five seven six seven six ten. We'll go right back to the phones. Let's go to Dan and KCK. What's up, Dan? Hi, Pete. Hi. Hi, Mike. I, I'm here to cheer you guys up. I know this is a bummer, but still, there's still destiny for the Chiefs. Just win the next two games against the Seahawks and then the Raiders, and we'll get home field. I thought, uh, what did you think? Did you think that was passing? Did you think Mike Williams caught that ball? It looked like he juggled it to me. Do you think he, he caught it on that last uh, possession? No, I think he juggled it. I think he caught it. You could make a case that he juggled it, but in the referee's eyes, I just don't think you could call it back just based upon the catch dilemma that we've had in the National Football League the, the past couple of years. It's just, just too hard to call back. Kent, would you have called it back? I probably couldn't have, no. I, one of the things that Mike Pereira said on the, on the uh, analysis was it looked like even though it went to one arm, it looked like it might have jostled a little bit. It kind of, like... He maintained that one arm on it. So I, I think if that was, flip it around. If that's Sammy Watkins for the Chiefs making that catch, no one's asking, should that have been reversed? That's the way I'll put it. Right. All right. If that was a Chief with the ball that may have moved on his left arm, we're not taking one phone call from someone saying, you know, the referees, they really exactly. should have yeah. reversed that. 100%. Uh, Big Al, you're next up. What's up, Big Al? What's up, guys? Uh tough loss tonight obviously i was out there at the stadium um just pretty kind of pissed off uh, have a quick message to some of the callers who keep on blaming the refs we as a fan base have to accept that our secondary with the exception of eric berry is hot garbage we can't blame the refs all right i, I just we do it every single week all right and just let's get it through our heads these guys are garbage i love them to death but they're hot trash I'm out. Big Al, thanks, man. John is listening to us in warm Florida. What's up, John? Hey, man. Just moved here about uh, seven months ago. Really excited to take my call. 
my old lady and I are just absurd with the calls. She really thinks there's like a, uh, I don't know, the ownership, the uh, Andy Reedness. We'll have to talk about that call. But the one I'm really mad about is how uh, Bub Sutton on first and fifth on the five-yard line, he did not pressure Phil Rivers. Guys, help me out with that one. Which play? When uh, when we got him down there on the five-yard line, and we only put three up against him, and we played zone. Are you uh, When in the football game are you referring? The final drive? The touchdown drive? Oh, no, sir. I'm talking about uh, when we – I think it was the end of the second half. Oh, uh, when, when, when the Chargers had the ball on their own five. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. I got you. I can't possibly remember that series right now. No. Either of you? I mean, only rush, rushing three at the very end. I think the Chiefs got a little passive in the second half, whether it be because they were tired, scheme, whatever. It just felt like a passive half. It's hard to pinpoint exact moments, I think, for us right now. First and five. Uh, I'm sorry, first and 10 at the five. Rivers hit Mike Williams, picked up 14 yards. They moved down the field. Eventually, One thing you know about Phillip Rivers, if there's anything that we could say, is that like any quarterback, like any good quarterback, I think you're even seeing a little bit with Mahomes now, the more pressure, the better. Yeah. I mean, he was uncomfortable the first half, and you saw what happened. You have to continue with that mm-hmm. if you can manage it. John, sorry you had to leave the area, man, but thank you for your phone call. We appreciate it. Let's go to Nick in Overland Park. What's up, Nick? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. First time caller. Hey. Want to get your opinion. Uh, on the last touchdown where Sandy Gibbs scored last second, um, they're obviously going for two at the end. They take about five, seems like in the stands, five minutes to review the touchdown. Seems like an extra timeout. Uh, seems like a lot of time to get the play called. Do you guys agree with the review process and the amount of time it takes for them to either get the stand or? Yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought it was pretty standard. Uh, you know, it just felt longer because you're a Chiefs fan. Again, if Sammy Watkins is juggling the ball or it's on his left arm and it looks to you like it's moving, that's not a an elongate. And the shoe is on the other foot, and the Chiefs win it with a walk off two point a uh, two point conversion. We're not questioning the length of time for a review. We're not calling out Mike Pereira. Uh, it 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 wasn't an elongated amount of time. It was fine. It was standard. It was exactly the way it was supposed to be. Let's go to uh, DeSoto and talk to Mac. Hey, Mac. Hey, man. Um, I was just calling. I wanted to talk about the screenplays tonight, the passes behind the line of scrimmage when we have Patrick Mahomes. I don't know why we're not trying to stretch the ball anymore. Seems like we go up by a touchdown or two, and then we just stop trying to stretch the ball. I was fine with the but, screen but game. Mac, Mac, they were working. Yeah, it was working. It was working. It was eating up the Chargers' defense. Like, they were moving down the field, picking up 10 and 12 yards and and, and larger with uh, with the screen pass. And the Chargers go out of their way to make sure that they don't get beat deep. Right. I, like, I, I, I don't know. I think that I think in the first half, from what it seemed, it's, it seemed like they were taking what the opposing defense gave them, and it was, I mean, try to think back to when the Chiefs were rolling. It was almost embarrassing the Chargers' defense to the screens early. Yeah, they were they they called some fantastic screenplays, and I mean, some of their most their one of their I think their first explosive play of the game actually came from one of those screen games. The the play calling with those wasn't the problem. Um, the second half play calling, I 
I've got to go back and watch, but I, I didn't think it was it was up to the standards. And I don't think Mahomes Mahomes wasn't comfortable in the second half either. He fought through some lack of comfort and and drove down the field and still put some points up. But I did not t- I did not feel comfortable watching that offense the entire time. And, and part of that was was Mahomes too. He just I, he was kind of up and down. I will take four quarters of screen passes if they work as well as they did for the first two quarters of this football game. Right. I mean, I, I know it's not flashy, and you want to see the big arm, and I get it. You want to see Cheetah on a fly route, but if they're working and that that eight minute drive, they had an seven minute and fifty five second drive at one point in this football game. In the second half, which I thought was going to bleed the Chargers dry. I thought that was it. I thought this game is over after they got down. Just boom, penalty. Chargers kicking themselves in the balls. Just giving Kansas City first downs. It was a 13-play, 7-minute and 55-second drive. And they threw the ball over the middle. They went to the sideline. They used the screen. I didn't have a problem with any of the play calling up until the final series. It seemed like the Chiefs had this game in control, and it wasn't really – a lot of times people will say tale of two halves, but I, I, I would extend it even to the first drive of the second half. It really seemed like the game completely changed after that when the defense came back on the field now without Eric Berry. Yeah, it looked, felt different. They, yeah. they, they weren't, for whatever reason, getting as much pressure. I don't know if they changed the game plan or what, or if it was the Chargers' adjustments, but it just – after that Chiefs drive that – Put them up twenty-one to seven. Different ball game. Wiki, even on that that one seven-minute fifty-five-second drive, yeah. the Chiefs had to convert. I think is at least two third and tens. So yeah. I did have problems. I kind of had problems with right. that. Was the that was the possession where Mahomes led Damian Williams out of bounds on a swing route? Yeah, and they got he, bailed out by some stupid Charger penalties on that drive. Mahomes tried to fl- fl- uh, flip a ball into Chris Conley's sidearm because they were run. I think it might have been some kind of run pass option. He was trying to slip that ball in there. Those little plays that they dragged themselves through that drive to score. I, it was I. I thought it was kind of ugly. I think the the bigger message of tonight is you think about the losses this season and the one against New England, you could say, okay, Tom Brady, right? Okay, so Tom Brady out to old Pat Mahomes. Then you look at Rams Chiefs and you say, man, that's a different style of football game. Anyone could have won that, whatever. Chiefs could have won it. This one, the Chiefs, for the first time all season, just felt mortal. Like you almost yeah. had like a super team. Like you're like, oh, Golden State Warriors. They weren't the Warriors tonight. You know, and to me, Warriors have off nights, but I think this is the most disheartening point because even in those two earlier losses, you still felt really good about mm-hmm. what your offense could do. This is a powerhouse. It's okay. We'll figure it out by the end of the year. This time, this loss against the Chargers made me feel like they're vulnerable. It's the worst time to do it because you have three weeks until the playoffs. To Max' point, too, real quick. First play with all the sc- first drive with all the screen plays, ten plays, forty nine yards, five minutes touchdown. The next time, 10 plays, a lot of screens, 80 yards, five minutes, touchdown. Every head coach in the National Football League will take two 10-minute play or 10-play drives Absolutely. that end up in touchdowns. And I know it's not flashy and exciting because you want to see the wild and crazy and the, the, the gigantic arm, but every coach in the National Football League will take that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thanks for the phone call, man. Appreciate it. Let's hear from some other Kansas City Chiefs, including Eric Berry. Inside the Arrowhead locker room. Uh, we came in with a plan, and we just stuck with it. You know, we didn't want to push it past that, so we just stayed true to that. Was the plan a snap count, or was it like a half, like maybe first half, and then 
figured um, out or just? I mean, we just, that's just between me and coach. You know, we just talked about it and felt like I was good where I was at. Did you feel any setback during the game or did you feel about the same? Um, about the same, you know, there wasn't any setbacks. You know, just wanted to be smart about the whole situation. When you got that first live hit, how did it feel? I felt pretty good. From your vantage point, what did you see that occurred on the two-point conversion? Um, I, I don't really know. I'll probably have to look at the film and see. Um, I just know it's frustrating, you know, just to lose at home. Lose period, but to lose at home. You know, but I'll watch the film. We'll watch it as a defense and see what happens. Eric, the whole year, how close have you been on a number of occasions to get into play and, and why this week? Um, I just felt right this week and, um, you know, just sitting around and, Talking to my parents, talking to the coaches and the staff, um, we just felt like this was a good time to come in and get some, get something going. Why your parents? They're my parents, bro. Like I talk to them about everything. So yeah. that ten day layoff part of the appeal, um, you know, the idea that you'll get a few extra days to recover, that's see how the body it. reacts. I think that's part of it. Yeah. Did you feel a lot different this week than you had in, in previous weeks, maybe before the Ravens game? Or? Um, not really. I mean, I felt like. Uh, Probably could have came back last week, but it was still that um, hesitation, I guess. So I didn't feel it in my in my spirit. So I just said I'll wait till this week. How how different is it with this type of injury versus when you've had before about like you know trusting it, knowing knowing that you can go out there and be on it? Uh, just trusting my instincts, you know, and just listening to it, listening to it, and staying true to that. Uh, obviously, I wanted to be out there the second half, but uh, you know, like I said, we came in with a plan and we just stuck to it. What's it been like watching the team this year? It's always tough. Yeah. It's always tough. Okay, guys. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Eric. There's Eric Berry. When in doubt, go to your parents. Ask your parents for the advice. That's what you got to do. I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> what What's your take on that, Pete? What you just heard from Eric Berry? I. It's just like he's. It's just Mister Pass. It's just well, hey, Eric Berry said it, so let's just accept it for what it is. I. I'm just tired of. The city just gives this guy this grand pass. He's, I, I mean, but I, I'm the bad guy for saying anything. So say what's on your mind. I mean, I, I you make you 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 when you sign people to a contract, you don't you don't sign them to a contract for what they did. You sign them for a contract to what you did, what they're about to do. And right now, you've gotten a half for your for that that made him the richest safety in in the world. I get his backstory. It's inspirational as hell. He's got a great spirit. He's been talking about his spirits. What have you gotten for that money? I mean, I don't. What a half. Like to me, should I, he have played more today? Should have played more all season. Like what? No one even knows what the deal is. The Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs won't tell you. It's day to day. You got to get your reports through NFL Network. Of course, the Chiefs aren't going to come out and say, "Hey, he's dealing with a great deal of pain. It's pain tolerance." Just being straight. If it's pain tolerance. Tell us. If it's okay, you can give 10 games. Tell us. Because then what we're, we're left to our own devices. So if it's a pain tolerance thing and, you know, you're making more money than any other safety in, in the league and you're, you're taking that percentage of, of the cap, shouldn't you be on the field? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe if he's on the field in the second half, they win this game. Again, anyone that goes against this guy, you know, the guy that you paid to be on the field that has missed 29 straight games before tonight, I'm the bad guy. That, you know, I, I get killed for it, so. Uh, let's go back to that locker room real quick before we go to the phones. Chris Jones, another sack. Ten straight games with a sack now tying a National Football League record. Chris Jones, who scored lead at home late in the game. Did you ask 
I mean, uh, <clears throat> defense feel we got to do better, um, especially at the end of the game. You know, we got to step up, make plays, get off the field. What do you think led to their success late in the game offensively? Um, we didn't make the same uh, plays we made in the first half. Uh, we gave, us, gave up some big passes. Uh, big plays killed us in the uh, second half. What does it feel like knowing you were that close? It's a lot of things. It's tough. Mentally, um, it's very tough. But uh, we got to come back, bounce back. we got a game. Uh, we got a couple days off. we got to prepare for Seattle Seahawks at their place. So, um, you know, understand what you did wrong, watch film, and let's make some corrections and bring it at Seattle. Were you surprised at all to see them go for two there at the end? Did you expect that? Um, I expected it. Um, <clears throat> I think earlier this year against Tennessee, they went for two. So I expect them for, to go for two. Did you sense a difference when Eric was, was out there versus when he was on the sideline, just the energy and what he bring? I mean, um, I think it was the energy um, stayed the same all night. Anyone else? All right, guys. Thanks, Chris. Very brief, Chris Jones. More of your calls plus more Chiefs inside that locker room. Coming up next. The 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Big-time players make big-time plays. 610 Sports Radio. Limited time. We're out of here in 13 minutes, so let's go right back to the phones. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson from ArrowheadPride.com. I'm Mike Wickett, 576-7610. Our man Reggie is in Anaheim. What's up, Reggie? Hey, man. How you fellas doing, man? Morale is low. What's up? Yes. Yeah, man. I mean, you know. Um, honestly, man, like, you know, the good thing about this loss as a Chiefs fan is, is it's, a sober, it's a sobering reminder that, you know, this team's Achilles heel is the defense, you know, and we've been putting lipstick on a, on a pig for the past few weeks, you know, because the, you know, the offense has been playing tremendously. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, the defense, I mean, specifically the, the secondary is, you know, we, we know they can't cover. Like, I had no confidence those last two drives that the defense was going to get a stop if we didn't get a sack. So, I mean, we know it is what it is um, going forward. I mean, Andy's going to have to make adjustments. It's not like you're going to get the defense better, but you got to, you got, you just got to score more points. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't have any confidence. If it comes playoff time, we're in that same position. I'm going to just automatically assume the defense is just going to let them score. Thank you. Reggie, thanks for the phone it's, call, man. It's almost like team no close games. And Reggie's completely right. You got to run them out the building, or else you probably ain't going. You ain't going to win a lot of close games, especially against the great teams in the playoffs. Well, and that, that's kind of the, the, the path to success for the Chargers was going to be to grind this out, possess the ball. Keep Mahomes off the field. Can keep Mahomes off the field, continue to wear it down. And they did. So they scored three touchdowns in the second half. And all of the damage that they did with possessing the ball in the first half came back to bite the defense in the second half. And they didn't have an answer for all but one possession in the second half. Big, long, sustained drives, averaged 10 plays per drive for three touchdowns the Chiefs are now 39 and one under Andy Reid with a 14 point lead in the fourth quarter they were 39 and0 since 2013 the most by anybody with a 14 point lead in the fourth quarter Sean in Kansas City what's up what's going on man how are you yeah morale is low right hey so uh kind of being the voice of reason here I I don't particularly like no I, I was in the stadium but like did anybody else not think with eight minutes left that you know you got that you got that feeling in your stomach again where you know we just we, we felt like hey you know what they're at least going to get in overtime 
I, I, I get it's the defense, but like I, I kind of like both your guys' take on Eric Berry too. I mean, at, at what point do we keep like keep giving this organization free passes on whether it's Eric Berry, the defense, whatever the case is? Like, shame on us for thinking that Pat Mahomes just because his talent is so great that he's just going to come in and change this whole team. Man, th- this team, lifelong fan, but man, we we just keep we we drop the ball every time, every time, and it, it just it, it keeps happening. Thank you for your phone call, Sean. Anybody want to talk more about Eric Berry getting a pass? Kent? Um, no. <laughs> We've I, heard I, Pete. I don't. I don't know what else to add to that. By the way, I want honestly. to throw this in on that secondary. Uh, Phil Rivers had his way in the second half. He had his. They play most of this football game without Keenan Allen. What if there was a healthy Keenan Allen in that fourth? Quarter? Melvin Gordon. Austin no, Eckler. no Melvin Gordon. No Austin Eckler. No Sam Watkins. No Kareem Hunt. No Spencer Ware. The Chiefs got ten days to get right. And that's both mentally and any of these guys with lingering injuries, you expect to be back, and then it's full go. Like the, you really want to have a, a real good chance to win this Super Bowl? You get home field advantage. What does that mean? It means you got to win the last two games. What does that mean? It means the playoffs start next week. So come back, ready to go, win five games in a row, and then you're Super Bowl champion. And, and by the way, I do want to point this out because every call, I get it. People are upset tonight, and you should be. But it's not like this team is lost to the Raiders like the Steelers did or a Titans team like the or the Dolphins like the New England Patriots have. I mean, they're losing to teams that you can see going deep in the playoffs. Really good teams. They're there. They're right there. They got to win those games, though. We've talked about that ad nauseum. John in St. Louis, what's up? Well, I, I am a Chiefs season ticket holder actually from St. Louis, so I'm, um, I drive back and forth heading, my, heading back tonight. Um, the caller that that is uh, a long, <laughs> lonely ride tonight, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. But at least I got time to listen to something else after I, you guys help me get the ride better too. So. <laughs> Once you guys shut up, I'll listen to something else. <laughs> well, hey, listen, I'm also a season a blue season ticket holder, so I got even bigger problems tomorrow. So, uh, so you know, it is it is what it is. But, um, but you know. The, the caller who called, I guess, a couple of calls ago was exactly kind of what I was going to say was defensively speaking. Uh, you, you never can have any confidence in them, but I'd like to turn it a little bit differently, and that is, you know, I know hockey. Uh, hockey's my – I've been a Chiefs fan for years and years and years, uh, for a long time, but I know the sport of hockey as far as inside and out, you know, who's available, what's, you know, m- more so than I do with football. I, I don't know what you can do, you know, fixing it, now, probably nothing. I mean, you're this far into the, you know, it is what it is. But I'd like to get your take on what is available, what the options are, the possibilities, what you think, your opinions, fixing this defense. Because I don't, you don't have to have a lights-out defense. But this offense, if you just have a mediocre defense, that's when you've got something. And we, I'm, I hope, obviously, we still hope for the best this year, obviously. You know, uh, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> are you are, are you a Blues season ticket holder too? That's what I yeah, you said. That. Man, man, oh man, you spend a lot of your money on sports <laughs> tickets, man. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the, the goofball who's got the, uh, you know, the MLB package and the yeah, NBA yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And even though I don't get, I don't get a chance. Are to you, watch a, them, John? So. You a married man? Yes, I am. Wow, you have a tolerant wife to let you drive across the Chiefs games, go to every Blues game with the MLB and NBA package. That's impressive. What's available right now? He said, "How do we fix? The, how do you? How yeah. do you improve it now? What What's available right now? You can't improve it now. 
I mean, there's really no major, there's no improvements that they can make Mm-mm. with personnel. There's obviously tweaks that they might be able to make, but Bob has not been proven to do those. This whole defense was built as an overcorrection for the issues that you saw against the Titans in January where they couldn't stop the run. So what do they do? They add another strong side inside linebacker in Anthony Hitchens to go with their other strong side inside linebacker. So now you've got two unathletic, or not athletic enough linebackers in the middle of your defense. And the run defense isn't better. They went, they went out and tried to build this defense and, and kind of overcorrect for all these issues that they had. And they've actually created more because now they can't they they can't cover line they can't cover running backs in, out of the out of the backfield, and they can't cover down the field either. And you needed to hit on some of these rookies, and the, you missed the the and your all for defense now. and your for now in your all defensive draft. But you had to hit on some players uh-huh. that could start day one. Who have they hit on? Derek Naughty's been a fine rotational player that can stop the run, but doesn't give you any ounce of pass rush. Breland Speaks was, is, is, I hated the Breland Speaks pick when it happened, and I haven't seen anything to tell me anything otherwise. Dorian O'Daniel is a sub package linebacker. Armani Watts is hurt. Tremont Smith might, is Tremont Smith the second most impactful draft pick in this class? It's close with his punt return ability. It might be the most. I mean, had there not been injuries to Houston in the middle of the season, you probably wouldn't even use Speaks that much this year. They they can't trust him. He's a he's a he's a defensive lineman playing edge, and he's not even playing edge. He's not playing. So, John, the answer to your question is not much. You can, you can't go all defensive draft and miss as badly as they did. In, your, they in year one, yeah. And I know they didn't have mm-hmm. a first round pick. I understand that. They were they were depleted of that. Their, their assets were depleted. But you believed in Speaks enough to trade up. But you believe exactly, and they they wanted an attitude, they wanted a mentality, they wanted to overcorrect for the toughness issues that they had against the Titans, and they wanted to overcorrect for the run defense issues that they had, and they failed. It, they they didn't fix them. We got one more call to get to, and then we're gonna get out of here and get some sleep tonight. Last call Jeez. is brought to you by Lucas Wine and Spirits Superstore. Let's bring in Blake at Olathe. Blake, your last call, bud. What's on your mind? Hey guys, uh, thanks for taking my call. First of all, I think you guys have kind of touched on it, but here's what I'm wondering. You know, everyone's calling for Bob Sutton. Everyone's calling for the defense. But when do we step back and look at the fact that the offense didn't put the game away when they had the chance? Yeah, I mean, we have uh, – I don't know how long you've been listening, Blake, but it's it's right, right. It, it's a point that, you know, we made early and a lot of people have made. I mean, that final drive, they had a chance to grind this thing out or move the football with Patrick Mahomes, and they didn't do it. Yeah, it was both sides of the football. I, I think what killed you in this game was the second half on offense after the first drive and the second half on defense most of the half and then especially, I think, toward the end there where you had an opportunity to stop the touchdown. You couldn't. Phillip Rivers waltzed down the field. And then the utterly embarrassing two-point conversion with the wide-open receiver. The, uh, the last drive, by the way, again, Damian Williams left, three-yard loss. Burn a timeout. Pat Mahomes uh, throws to Tyreek Hill, picks up five. Third and eight, false start on Demetrius Harris. Third and 13, Pat Mahomes sack, punt. That's it. That's your final drive. And and you're right about that, Blake. Thanks for it, uh, for uh, making the phone call. 
Blake was last call. Brought to you by Lucas Wine and Spirit Superstore with their newest location. Now open just west of Liberty at 152 in Flintlock next to the Best Buy. Uh, I We always end the show asking what we learned. What did you learn tonight? I learned it's wide open AFC West. I mean, you were four seconds away from wearing an AFC West title hat tonight, and now you go into a Seattle environment, one of the most or one of the toughest places to play in the NFL with a must-win game to maintain your division lead, your first round by your playoff hopes. So to me, you you opened up the door. The door you had a chance to slam it shut, and you opened it up. What did you learn? Kent, the book is out. How you can beat the Chiefs, you control the clock, you keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, and and if you do that, you're going to be well-positioned to be in a game. And it's happened a couple times now. Back-to-back well, games. Thank you, everybody, for calling. We appreciate our guys working down hard at the uh, the stadium, Alley Trost, and Ron, the show. I don't know who else is down there. Dusty Lake. Dusty, great job, Dusty. You the man. For Pete Sweeney and for Ken Swanson, we got 10 days off. We'll join you next time before we get ready for the Chiefs and the Seahawks. 29-28, the final score. Chiefs lose. Thanks to our producer, Chris, as well. For all the guys, I'm Mike Wicked. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a great night. This has been the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show on 610 Sports Radio. Coverage continues with articles, pictures, video, and interviews on arrowheadpride.com and 610sports.com.